0: Yeah, I think like one of my favorite GitHub action is the GitHub bot that deletes stale issues. Uh, yes, oh beautiful. my goodness, that is a beautiful,
1: beautiful bot. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Open at Intel podcast, where we're all about open source, from software to security to innovation and beyond. I'm your host, Catherine Druckman, an open source evangelist at Intel. Bringing you leading-edge, free-ranging conversations from some of the best minds in the open source community. Let's get into it. I had a lively conversation with Kadesha Kerr, a developer advocate at GitHub, about everything from her favorite GitHub actions, to learning to code, to the importance of empathy in technology. And we share some tips along the way. This is a fun one. Hey, Kadesha, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to talk to you. I, so one of the reasons I'm really excited to talk to you is we seem to have a lot in common. <laughs> I see yeah. that we kind of we took non-traditional paths mm-hmm. to where we are and we both are out there We're advocating for developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know <laughs> We are developers ourselves yes. or we were. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I do a, a bit less of it these days. But, but you know, we definitely, we, we have that shared background. But we got there in a kind of a weird, meandering, roundabout way, right? Yep, we yeah. absolutely did. Like,
0: I was a social worker, of all things. And it was really tiring, mentally draining, exhausting work. Yeah, And I was also tired of not having money. I was tired of being broke. Um, because social Fair. workers work very hard, and they are not paid. So... Uh, One day, actually, I was scrolling on Instagram of all places, and somebody posted that they learned how to code in, like, a few months, and now they're earning a bajillion dollars. And I was like... One way to put it. (laughs) I was like, I, too, want a bajillion dollars. How can I get there? And she linked to Free Code Camp. And so, Free Code Camp led me to Co Academy. Co Academy led me to a one year long, intense, crying my eyes out every single day boot camp. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I landed at Grace Hopper. I got a scholarship to go to Grace Hopper in 2019, and I got a job at Grace Hopper. And oh, wow. So, okay. I got my very first developer job in the banking industry. I uh, worked there for like two, two and a half years. And then I was just like, this is great but wow, this is not using my best skills. Yeah. Um, so while I was working there, I kind of built up my own like, online community. So I was doing podcasts, conferences, workshops, blog posts. Like, I was doing everything a developer advocate does. And so
1: I was just like, hmm, why don't we just pivot again? And here we are. You know? I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I, you know, First, going back to the code camp, yes. I am really happy to see more women I know. Get into coding, you know, girls. Get, <laughs> let's you know, let's go, girls. Get yep. learn to code. Women should know to code. Everybody, I think, should know a little bit of code. I think everyone just to should survive know how to survive in least. the world today. Yes. It is a complicated world, yes. and having that understanding is great if you if you have the time to devote to it. But I but I love seeing it. I love people from you know. I think when you bring uh, the perspective that comes from having a a non technical background. I think it's incredibly helpful in technical fields, especially I mean social work. Yeah. That's tremendous. You understand how to deal with people. You deal with conflict. Yes. You all deal with a lot of things and and all of those things are incredibly practical, especially in open source, all and the community time. driven development.
0: And I think like especially in tech we need more empathetic developers and 100%. we also need developers who will think about, oh, how will this impact the customer, client, user? in the end game and not just like oh we're just building this because the pm and the you know designer said that this is the design and this is what we're building and this is what we're doing but like how does how does all this data affect the users in the long run and how can we be more empathetic as developers and even like as technologists Uh, because sometimes i feel like we're so jaded and we're just like oh my god look at this new tech like ai right now for example you know and uh a lot of people are scared of it and i think it's like our responsibility to listen and be more empathetic and to all also use like one on one language to say, okay, this is what it is, this is how it works,
1: and this is why it's not going to like destroy us. (laughs) All right. I think you know what's interesting also is that when you are a technologist a developer, you are so hyper focused on the task at hand, right? You you have something you just need to get something to work, right? Or you need to innovate or you you know you're you have blinders on a bit and, and very narrow focus. Yes. And it is kind of hard to remain connected to the very human element. Yes. Again, we're not doing this for for ourselves. It's not. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. That's yes, true. Sure. At the end of the day, most technology is made for users. Yeah. In some way, I mean, it's going to touch users in some way, right? Even the sort of a head, hidden magic that happens and powers the world. Mm-hmm. It does affect all of us, and I think yeah, yeah that kind of human empathy is incredibly important. And also, I would need more girls in coding. So go to go back to the original true. point. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is. So incredibly relevant. Yeah, you know, more more girls, please. You know, that, that's actually, that's a great place to, to kind of pivot. What, what would you be your advice to other women of any age, of mm-hmm. any background? You know, if you thought, you know, hey, this is, I'm kind of inspired here by Kadesha and her story. Mm-hmm. I, too, would like to make more money or <laughs> learn a new skill or do whatever, pivot career change. Yeah. Maybe you're even just getting out of college. Maybe you didn't even go to college. Yeah. I think uh, a best place to start is Free Code Camp,
0: honestly. Free Code Camp's resources is tremendous and vast and deep. Um, they are, I think I believe they're currently working on partnering with universities if they haven't already to get like actual college credits to work towards huh. like degrees in the future. I think that's a long term goal. But if you have an itch to scratch in terms of coding, definitely go to freecodecamp.org. Scratch the itch. They have front end, back end, databases, DevOps, all sorts of stuff for you to learn and dig into. And try to complete at least one module or one course. See it entirely true, through, true, true. I'm Jamaican, and sometimes I mispronounce <laughs> words. <laughs> um, complete the module entirely. And if you like it, try to figure out the next step, which which may be a bootcamp, maybe going back to school, maybe self-studying, and find a community online. You can join me on Instagram at its.ladydev.
1: Awesome. What was your favorite part? What did you enjoy learning the most when you were in code camp?
0: Ooh, I think it was just uh, the curiosity aspect. So seeing seeing a blank page, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a friend and developer, it's, yeah. that's my specialty. And so like seeing a blank page and then seeing something appear on that blank page.
1: Wow. <laughs> there was nothing there
0: before. None yeah. There is. yeah I Seriously. And then it's only on my computer right now. Like I'm the only one that can see this. That's pretty cool. I think that that still blows my mind to this day. Like even with the um those printing machines, what are those printing machines called? Where, like, you literally print something. I forget what they're called. 3D printing? Oh, like yeah, like a 3D printer. Yeah, like a pretty, 3D printer. I think about coding the, the same way Like I think about a 3D printer. There's nothing there, and you're literally outputting something that, that you can, like, actually use. Yeah. I think that's DL pretty and cool. Hold and it's punch. mind-blowing. And coding has also t- taught me how to think more method methodically and how to slow down and break things down into smaller pieces. Something as simple as laundry, Right. I have a chunk of laundry. I hate doing laundry. But because I am a developer, I break down the laundry into pieces, which means I sort it by, okay, this needs to be hung. This needs to go into the drawer. These are the small items. This needs to be this needs to be um um, rewashed or whatever and then I attack those little chunks in pieces and then I get through it a lot faster and I think that's because I learned how to code I learned how to break down large tasks into that little bite chunk pieces kind of like issues
1: yeah. and tasks oh I like it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well agile agile laundry I know <laughs> agile laundry <laughs> <laughs> oh too funny so so okay so you work for github now yes now you are a developer advocate which is very cool pretty fun job. Yes. Um, Tell me a little bit about that. I know. So I I neglected to mention yet that we are here live at All Things Open. Okay, well, we're not live because this will be released later, but we are having this conversation (laughs) on the expo floor at All Things Open. Yes. And you're giving a talk about, among other things, GitHub Actions, which... Is relevant to a whole lot of developers. Yes. <laughs> a whole lot of open source software gets made on GitHub. Mm-hmm. Um, listeners may remember that I talked to Ashley Wolf, the head of your OSPO over there at mm-hmm. GitHub. Uh, Ashley is pretty awesome, and she told us about some very interesting tools, including some things that have GitHub Actions. Yeah. Who among us does not love GitHub Actions? I know. I find it useful, <laughs> right? It's an integral part of, of, of a lot of open source development. Yes. I so... So, tell me, tell me, first of all, tell me about your job a little bit. Oh, so, yes.
0: I work as a developer advocate at GitHub, and this means that I do a lot of things. But it essentially means that I educate developers on how to use the GitHub platform more efficiently. Um, so, this means I do content on social media. I do talks. I do blog posts. I have one-on-one sessions to meet with people to help them to debug. Um, and I do little little bitty tasks that are impossible to measure and understand. (laughs) Sure, yeah, we all do those. So it also means that I'm building demos and then I'm talking about what I'm building so that you can learn how to build it as well. And I have a particular little uh, soft spot in my heart for beginners and more specifically the beginning beginner, um, the people who know absolutely nothing about GitHub or technology or anything of that matter. They're seeing it for the first time. Those are my people. Oh, that okay. is the people that I talk to. Bringing more specifically. them into the community. Yes. Um, and one of the most asked questions I get is how do I even use GitHub? Um, and uh, if you are, if you follow that gamut go to skills.github.com we have a full suite of courses on all our features that you can get started with but that's kind of my job my job is to talk about GitHub and to have fun with GitHub and to smile and to make pretty presentations so that you're engaged while
1: learning how to use the platform. That's fun so spoiler alert uh, <laughs> well, by the time this comes out you will already have given a wonderful talk and I will try and figure out how to link to that yes. um, but uh, one of the things that I love about your subject matter is sharing fun and new uh, GitHub Actions that maybe people don't know about, yeah. including, I love <laughs> this. Uh, hey, did you know you could order a pizza with GitHub Actions? Yep. I mean, if that isn't a hook, I don't know what it <laughs> is. I know. So I came across this while I was like trying to figure out
0: what to talk about in terms of GitHub Actions. And I saw this action called Domino's Action I believe it's called. Please do not use this to order a pizza. Like, <laughs>
1: it's you know, know for devil purposes. It now. <laughs> uh,
0: but there's an action called Domino's action, and literally, you can order a pizza from Domino's. I believe with the action, but you
1: know, like don't do it. it it's just so, for fun to eat. So let's talk about maybe more practical ones. What are, yes. what are your favorite GitHub actions, and especially what are your favorite GitHub actions that people are maybe underutilizing? Yeah, I think, like, one of my favorite GitHub action is the GitHub
0: bot that deletes stale issues. Uh, oh, my goodness. That is a beautiful, beautiful bot. <laughs> um, because, you know, like, sometimes you're finished working on your issue and you forget to close it because you just move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And so that bot goes in and say, okay, X amount of days has passed based on whatever input you give it. And it says, okay, I'm going to remind you, hey, are you still working on this? Do you want me to, you know, comment something or else I'm going to delete it? And then if you don't comment whatever it is in a certain amount of time, it's just like, okay, I'm going to close it. And it closes it for you. And that has helped our team internally on, de- on the devr team at GitHub clean up so many um, issues that we just had open, sitting down, chilling, waiting for somebody to um, close it. Um, That's one of my favorite actions. Another action I found was one called um, go to sleep. So essentially, you know, those 10x engineers on your team who love to work in the middle of the night. That's hysterical. (laughs) This GitHub action will literally tell them, please go to bed. You've done enough. It's time to stop working. Step
1: away from the keyboard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but like more practical GitHub actions would be one like for deployment. So like. You can automatically deploy your Firebase hosting, I, I believe. There's also one for NPM publishing. And if you're into blogging, you can automatically deploy your blog post with GitHub Actions using, I think there's a dev.to action somewhere um, hiding in the marketplace. So, yeah, there's a ton of actions that you would never even think about.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. You, you mentioned blogging. Blogging and blogging platforms and, and the way that people put their ideas on the internet has changed so much since, yeah. I, since I first kind of got into you know, web development and technology and stuff and technology journalism and all those things are so different. And GitHub has become obviously a more and more significant part of that. It's so easy to spin up some, some content and share it with the world. I know. You know, just using GitHub.
0: Yeah. It's pretty great. And we love it. Uh, Markdown is really great. You know, Markdown travels far and wide. And um, I think like if you can master
1: Markdown, you can auto-publish posts really fast. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. So beyond beyond GitHub Actions, Is that your your focus in your work? Do you typically advocate for GitHub Actions, or are there there other things that we don't know about the GitHub platform that people really ought to know?
0: Yeah, I I think like this year, I've kind of been all over the place. Uh, Next year, I'm going to be a bit more focused. Uh, But yeah, so we have the GitHub CLI. That's also a tool that a lot Mm, of people don't use. Yes, it's very, very handy. You can clone repositories, create issues create projects you can create code spaces you can pull or push remote changes to a code space or from a code space you can um i believe you can like, create and add your ssh keys with github the github cli there's a lot of stuff you can do on the github cli i did recently write a blog post on 10 things you can do with the github cli so check that out on the dev.to platform Uh, But that's another one. I have a series called GitHub Tips and Tricks where I share little tidbits of things that you didn't know you could do with GitHub. So, for example, uh, something that we launched recently, recently with me, like within the last year, are slash commands. And so slash commands can literally help you um, create, like, something that's very annoying, like markdown tables very mm-hmm. easily. Slash commands can help you to link to different aspects of your environment. Um, another thing is like if you hit the period on your keyboard on any repository, it will open up an IDE that you can you know make quick changes to. If you hit the comma on a repository... It will open up a code space, which is different from, like, a simple IDE, but a code space is a full dev environment in the cloud where you can, like, work on big tasks, bigger tasks, and do, like, a lot more in-depth coding. Uh, those are just, like, some of the little tidbits. Oh, I
1: love that. I love yeah. That. I love sharing sharing shortcuts and stuff. Is some of the sort of, like, unseen brilliance, right, that... <laughs> Uh, you know that, that happens on development teams, right? Yeah. I, you know, I learned so much from from peers sharing sharing shortcuts, and it, it ends up. Imagine the amount of time you save over a over I a lifetime by just picking up a few tips and tricks here and there. And and you can't assume that even power users of GitHub might be yeah. missing some things. You know? Yeah.
0: And of so, course, another thing, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. What? It's my job? GitHub Copilot, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to talk
1: about Copilot. Um, yeah. So GitHub Copilot's an interesting thing. There's mm. a lot of controversy around GitHub Copilot, have right? Have you tried licensing? it? I have. I have tried it. Um, uh, per- personally, I mean, I, I, I haven't, you know, done any, like, production code with or anything, but I've experimented. Yeah, of course. Um, for fun. Personal projects. Sure. It's interesting to think. I mean, there's obviously again. I talked to I talked to Sarah Young, okay. of Microsoft, okay, who is, owns GitHub. When she had some really interesting things to say um, uh, from a security angle, right? Mm. The idea of uh, using AI tools in ways that might help uh, do kind of like the, the basic low hanging fruit of writing secure code, and I think that's an interesting way of thinking about it. But of course, when we're, when we're here at an open source event, you kind of have to. Consider all of the conversation around openness in AI right now is very interesting, and, mm-hmm. and especially when you're talking about gen- code generators, mm-hmm. and when they're trained on, you know, it's hard to say the license. And uh, there, there's a <laughs> lot there that I feel like we could take, we could spend all day on. But what what excites you most about Copilot? What what are your favorite kind of?
0: Yeah, honestly, the most exciting thing to me about GitHub Copilot is that it can just automatically generate tests for files. Uh, so I strongly believe that testing is a whole different skill set because it's like thinking about it's like thinking about the code differently. Like, yeah, sure. What could possibly happen? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so that's been my most favorite part about GitHub Copilot is the test generation. To be honest, that's my most loved feature, and uh, also documentation because those uh, are two things that yeah. we hate as hate to do but need to do as developers. Hate to do but love to do. Uh, hate to do. Don't have time to do. As developers, testing and documentation, those are like the two
1: biggest things I use Copilot for in my daily life. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So so I wanted to switch gears a little bit again. Um, so GitHub mm-hmm. and people's individual GitHub profiles mm-hmm. is increasingly used as sort of a resume, right? It really Ooh, becomes yes. your identity, your yes. developer identity. And I think that's very interesting. Yes. I wonder if you have any thoughts about... I, okay, so, so I was actually at a, a, a mini-workshop at DEF CON. Mm-hmm. The workshop was about faking a GitHub profile. Ooh. Because faking a GitHub profile, you can fake having kind of a what appears to be an interesting reputation, right? Oh, you and mean the green, uh, the green squares? The uh, green squares, you know, the projects you're involved in, people <laughs> who, have compi- com, uh, who have contributed to your own projects. And it, it got me thinking, I mean, the security angle aside, I... It's just very interesting to me how much identity is wrapped up in a person's GitHub profile, and I wondered if you had any thoughts about that. Like, you know, I wondered if you if you've even seen some interesting examples of people really sharing that identity on GitHub. No, I've never thought about that before. What do you, when you say identity? What do you like the way mean? you present yourself to the world? Like oh. again, a hardcore nerd. They're they're well. And many developers <laughs> treat <laughs> treat their GitHub profiles. as, yeah. it's not. It's more than just a resume. It's
0: it's it's who you are as a developer. I you know because it's 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 how you work and it's how you show up as a mm-hmm. software engineer, software developer, web developer, or whatever you call yourself. And yeah, so GitHub is like a, that lifelong friend who's with mm-hmm. you throughout your entire journey. Do you have so any tips, maybe,
1: for for people? Again, maybe you've just come out of a coding camp, right? Yeah. And you're you maybe you're a GitHub user now, but you know maybe you're out there in the job market and you want to Im- impress people with your Ooh. with your uh, your GitHub, GitHub presence. Yeah. Do you have any tips for that?
0: I would say make sure that all your links are working. You'd be surprised as to how many broken links are in your profile and even in your repositories that you're pinning on your profile. Make sure everything's working. If you have a project and it has a front-end component, make sure there's no there are no errors in your console. Something as simple as that is very um, important to highlight. So when it comes to your profile specifically, make sure the person, when they land there, they know who you are, they know what you do, they know what you can offer, they know what languages you are able to use, they know what tools you're able to use, and those are all things you can uh, fill out on your GitHub profile. You can also link to external resources like talks you've done, blogs you've written, all that jazz, Um, and those are things that definitely help you to stand out. And don't worry too much about the green squares because you are more than green squares. The green squares is just a way to just for you to see, oh, what have I been up to this month or this year? It's not necessarily a badge of honor or a way to say I am the best developer ever because I code every day. Yeah. But are you sleeping? Uh,
1: and also, <laughs> it's you know you could commit very frequently, very minor yes. changes, or you could be that person who has to get it fake right it. before you. You can like, also fake commits. Yeah. Uh, there are bots and scripts
0: out there that will literally push a commit to your your um, profile every single day to make it seem like you're consistently developing over a long periods of time, and that's not necessarily true. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So. Uh, Quality is much better than quantity is what I like to think about the GitHub profile. But yeah, those are just some tips that I've learned even from like um, recruiters. So like I asked the GitHub recruiter once, like, what do you look for in, on a GitHub profile? And he says, make sure your projects are working if you have them pinned and make sure I know who you are. And like, why should I even contact you? Have a way for them to contact you on your profile because sometimes mm-hmm. they will. Huh.
1: Okay. That's good advice. Um, so... What are you most excited about, just in general, in a non-work sense? When you yeah. look, what are you oh. excited about in the open-source world?
0: In the open-source world, honestly, I'm excited about getting um, those beginning be- those beginning beginner developers mm-hmm. um, into open-source. Sure, uh, yeah. So, like, personally, I made my first open-source contribution just this year. Like, I added a dev container to a project. And it was amazing. I was just like, wow, yeah. I did this. This is amazing. Wow. And so, but I had a lot of fear and yeah. hesitation before I got to that point. And honestly, I only did it because I work at GitHub and I'm just like, oh, let me try to do this, because they want us to do something about dev containers. Um, But yeah, I'm most excited about getting newbies into open source because there is a lot of opportunity, especially job opportunity in open source companies. Hire open source developers all the time or contributors all the Mm -hmm. time, because like, if you're in the code base, oh, you can work here, might as well. So that's what I'm most excited about, to be honest, when it comes to open source.
1: Yeah, I I, I'm glad you mentioned the fear and the elation. Right after you've done it, after you've made a public commit, you know, to a project, you've contributed, you've kind of, you've pitched in, you've done your part with an open source project. It feels so good. It It feels it's such a cool feeling. It feels like wow, I did a thing. I've arrived. I you know, I'm legit. And then you want to do another one. Yeah, and then you want to do another one. But leading up to that is absolutely terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Working, you know, in a language, on a technology for 10 years, and if you've never made a a public community contribution, it's terrifying. And I think
0: that's why it's so terrifying, right? Because we work in code bases all the time at our jobs that we're paid to do. Right. When it comes to open source, it's very public. It's very open. They're going to find me out. Right. They're going to (laughs) find out that I know nothing and I don't know how to code. Um, And I think that's where a lot of the fear comes from. It's like uh, not wanting to be embarrassed, not wanting to be found out. And that's coming from what is that? Imposter syndrome, they call it. (laughs) Imposter
1: syndrome. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But like it's, it's honestly, it's not as scary as we make it out to be in our minds. It's much worse in our heads than it is on the computer. Um, I I truly believe that you can do it and I'm here to help you honestly I want to do that, I want to do more of that I think that's fantastic, where where can people find you? people can find me online at it's that lady dev Um, I'm everywhere at it's that lady dev online and I have a blog where I love to teach developers just little tips and tricks, I have an Instagram I have TikTok, uh, Twitter's hardly, hardly oh, X X. (laughs) hardly on the platform, but yeah, that's
1: where you can find me at it's that lady dev Awesome. Well, I hope people do. I, you know, I think I think hearing your story and hearing from you is really. I think it's it's inspiring to people, especially mm-hmm. who are, who are making who are thinking about making a career change. Open source is where it's at. Come join us. Open source is where it's at. We have cookies, maybe no, actually, <laughs> and we, stickers. We have stickers mostly. <laughs> yeah, we have more stickers than cookies. Well, thank you so much, Kadesha I really appreciate you talking to me. I've had a lot of I've had a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Open at Intel. Be sure to check out more from the Open at Intel podcast at open.intel.com slash podcast and at Open at Intel on Twitter. We hope you join us again next time to geek out about open source.